Bye, everybody. Thanks for continuing to listen. If you're not on it already, we have a new home on Discord. That is the We Roll Dice Discord. I'd like to see some of y'all come in and join us and have a good time. Uh, it's not just us at Eterna. We also have Hex Grid Heroes. We have Dice Benders D&D. And we have Horizon City. Uh, so you'll get to hear Riley... You'll get to hear Dawn. Uh, you'll get to hear Ray or Frog. Um, as well as just come and hang out with a bunch of really awesome people and chill, maybe play some uh, tabletop games. So, come on in. Links in the description. Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production, a dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. We'd like to thank our patrons for making these things possible. Brian Bridges, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Frog Shark, Robin Mims, Thomas Wayne Haley, Rip Rex, and Tim Demuse. We'd also like to honor the memory of Wesley Sullivan. Now, let us listen. So last time on Dungeon Ball Z, there were high tensions. Mostly because the party has been separated. Leaf has been allowed inside the Leishal Enclave's primary enclave. Uh, <laughs> and everybody else is in a little sort of dirt hut uh, that is in an enclosed space where you are being constantly watched. And uh, we're going to start there because... Um, Dear Shadow has gone into her room, thus vanishing. Um, and so the rest of you, being, uh, adventuring buddies and Riley, <laughs> um, you suddenly have a bunch of, uh, uh, bows pointed at you again. No, wait a minute. They know about my room because that's where I stored my weapons. Yeah. And you disappeared again. Yes, I did. I'm not sleeping in the dirt. <laughs> so, Riley, you have a bunch of angry elves pointing bows at you. What's your reaction since Shadow doesn't know about it? <laughs> okay, just, just as a reminder and to clarify, I know that Riley left his companions behind to do Riley stuff back in Solaria. Who that is he? Is, correct. is he with anyone or is he alone? Uh, there's... Um, uh, yeah, okay, so Void and Lady Zilla are with you. Ah. The pursuer, yes. Yes, the I pursuer. Think, <laughs> I think Riley just like raises his hands, you know, and like don't shoot. <laughs> like he's not gonna do anything. And he slowly leans over to Void and says, Are you getting the impression that they're upset about something? I am and I think I probably know what. It's because Shadow's uh shadowed off again, huh? That would be my estimation, yes. Yeah, Riley's going to turn his attention back to all the angry elven folk and say, 
I imagine that you are feeling rather upset because my one companion disappeared, huh? <laughs> Do you have a means of bringing her back? Outside of screaming really loudly and hoping that she somehow hears, no, I'm not that uh, knowledgeable about her special room, but I bet I know someone who is, and Riley slowly turns his attention to Void. I can attempt to bring her back, yes. Yes, please, please do. And he'll go into the other little dirt hut uh, and uh, look for the butterfly. So he looks around for a little bit and it doesn't see anything immediately, but it will eventually find the butterfly uh, alighted on like the wall and kind of cup it up in his hands and sort of jostle it lightly. Um, Shadow, your room shakes. Yeah, this has happened before when Brock was poking the butterfly, but she never was, she never found out what caused it. Right, but uh, it continues to happen after maybe 15 or so seconds of him attempting this, someone, a, a different elf, uh, this one not armed with a bow will um, will step out from behind the others and begin to cast a spell. We'll see if they succeed. Okay, so it does not work and uh, starts to grow a bit. You are not exiting. Can the room. Riley attempt to uh, like stall so, for time just by uh, like? You can just, try. Yeah, kind of like double talk, just like chatting and getting their attention to give Void yeah. extra time. Make me a diplomacy check. Great, I hope this doesn't go very poorly. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Uh, that's a 21. Okay. I think you'll stall a little bit, distracting them. Uh, Void kind of shakes the butterfly more vigorously as the room continues to... It's not like completely disorienting or anything, but it's certainly concerning. Uh, I think if it continues, she will pop out like, but her, her immediate concern is, is, is like, Void, the room is being wrong again. Uh, you would pop out right in front of Void with a bunch of people pointing arrows at you. She doesn't care about them. <laughs> and he'll be like, I think our Hosts have taken exception to you vanishing. I do not remember asking their permission. They want me to sleep in a dirt hut on a dirt floor. That is not going to happen. Yes, well, I think it might be getting us all in trouble. But then you all can stay in my room if you want. I don't know how well that will go for Leaf or for us when we return. Well, he can come too. No, Leaf is in the compound somewhere. He will come back. I don't think these people are going to be very friendly with us. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to start a fight. I am not starting fight. I am trying to go to bed. My bed is in the room. Yes. Well, once again, these people seem to be taking exception to the fact that you're vanishing. And I don't think they would take it well if we all vanished. They don't trust us. That sounds like their problem. It could very quickly become ours. 
if they want to try to make it so let them i am sick and tired of people looking down their noses at me void kind of just looks over at riley and <clears throat> and he gives you a um uh a, a look like um like he's trying to tell you something uh give me a sense motive uh i don't think i need one <laughs> like out of game i think i get it <laughs> so um yeah so i i think that you know while that conversation was going on riley was just like staying put and listening and not trying to stir anyone's uh i was gonna say feathers but you don't stir feathers that's ridiculous <laughs> he's trying not to shake oh, up the scene a little bit feather soup so that's something you make often sean no. <laughs> yeah well, so uh once it becomes clear that voice not making any progress and i guess sorting anything out riley's just gonna like hold up like one finger like hold on a second to the elves with very dangerous bows and he's gonna like sidestep his way <laughs> over to uh void and shadow where he will say excuse me for cutting in i don't particularly enjoy standing around with many very sharp arrows being pointed at many soft parts of my body shadow maybe we can come to some sort of understanding in adhering to the customs of the people in this parts of the woods for our hopefully brief stay here Yes, you can get them to understand I do not sleep in the dirt. Well, here's the thing. I'm not particularly fond of sleeping in these conditions either. But I, at least my impression is that I'm here to help Leaf. And I don't want to upset this community that is involved in Leaf's history and with him growing up, and he clearly has some sort of connection with these people. And the less trouble we cause here, the less trouble it will be for Leaf. So although it's not ideal for our particular points of views or anything like that, I think we kind of need to buckle down and at least observe their customs for the time being. And then they Believe can you come in the night and slit our throats because we are sleeping where they can get to us. Uh-uh. I'd like to see them try, first of all. <laughs> I can stay up. Uh, Lady Zilla um, wipes up. I agree with you more than I do with this, but I'm not exactly wanting to invite trouble myself. Don't think they should be looking down on us like they are. Yeah, I think Riley nods and says, then taking watch, I think, is a fair compromise, all things considered. Well, I still have to go to my room to get my bedding. Let's see if I can't clear the way for that happening without them immediately shooting us full of arrows with you disappearing again. And Riley will excuse himself from that conversation to address the people that I'm going to try very hard not to define as captors and say, uh, he's basically going to say, she left something in her room. It's not her weapons. She wants to bring her bedding out to sleep in. If she's not out in whatever time frame they want to give, then I guess Riley will say he, they can light up his party. <laughs> Make me a diplomacy. Sure. 29. 29. They agree on the condition that the betting be searched. And he glances over to Shadow. Is this agreeable to you? Do you mind them taking a gander at your sleeping things? 
As long as they are not going to tear open my pillows and comfort her, I do not care. They are useless if they take all the feathers out. And he looks back towards the elven folk. We'll see. I get the impression that if they don't feel anything metal in your pillows, they probably, or metal or hard in your pillows, that they probably won't tear them apart. Now, what kind of idiot sleeps with metal pillows? That'd be weird. I agree. <laughs> Either way, Shadow, I promise that if they are to destroy anything that belongs to you, I will personal, personally find a perfect replacement. Well, I mean, the grandmama will buy more. That is not the point. The point is they do not have right to act like this. Yeah, we're in their lands. <laughs> You're lucky we allow you to rest here. Did you treat everybody this way? You are not our people. I am not. No, I was born in Shadowplane. I am I am Duchess there. But my Ada and Ada are both else. That is irrelevant. It is not irrelevant. You are not an elf. No, I am not an elf. Then it is irrelevant. It really is not irrelevant. See, <laughs> you are looking down your noses at people and that is not okay. Maybe, Shadow, we can just focus on getting your sleeping comforts for the time being and then start <laughs> attempting to overthrow local viewpoints at a later date, huh? I am getting very tired of this. I come to your world and everybody looks down nose at me. I go to my world and the Shay look down nose to me. Everywhere I go, there is somebody that wants to tell me I am worthless and I am tired of it. I understand that. And I think that once we stop the world from imploding, that perhaps we could solve these sorts of views as well. But I think there has to be a world still existing before we can overturn concepts such as racism and classism and stuff like that. It is all ridiculous. I do not see them being champion of nothing. What right they have to judge? Riley nods. He, he nods in agreements. And he ultimately, I think, says uh, at this point, I think we have to pick our fights. And right here and right now, I don't think is one for this shadow. So I'll ask you personally to lay off for the time being as a favor to me. Do you want a blanket too? I would love a blanket. I have 20. Well, you have 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she, will go yes. she will go with every back bedding. Uh, they take it from you as soon as you come out and like pat it down. I take it you're not actually hiding anything in them? No, her bedding is for sleeping in. Oh, you left the cocaine in the butterfly, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Great. Oof. Rainbow dust. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you're giving your bedding back. You should give some of it to Riley and some of it to Void. Oh, they're very rude. They don't, like, hand it back to you. They just toss it on the ground at your feet. <laughs> Great. Thanks for making this easy, guys. <laughs> really appreciate that. Oh, no, they're uh, treating all of you like garbage. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Riley's at least a little bit used to it because of, you know, when he was growing up, just not he kind of being of lower class. So this it's like a return to form for him. So having to act as mediator for this 
I really think he he's like, oh, yeah, that that helps. Great. Good. And he probably even like tries to just like pick them up immediately to like so they're not in, like just thrown around on the ground for too long. You know, I don't know. He's trying to be accommodating to shadow to even things out a little bit. Come on, Mr. Morheim. You are the good storyteller. You tell me bedtime story. Well, certainly. Let's uh, get everything set up. And then I will weave a tale for the ages. Have I ever told you the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Have I ever told you the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not think so. <laughs> yes. So this is the tale as old as time. Thousands upon thousands of years ago, there was a man who thought himself the wisest of them all. And Riley goes on and on for some time. <laughs> Again, it's a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. <laughs> An eternity to go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Great. <laughs> Roll credit. Pun, please. Drop the pun. <laughs> yeah, Riley says an eternity ago, and then the podcast ends. That was it. <laughs> uh, so settled in, but definitely uneasy with uh, Lady Zilla, uh, who does not need to sleep. Um, keeping an eye on the rest of you. Uh, <clears throat> And definitely a lot of sort of just sitting aggression outside the door. Can I snore loudly just to ignore them? Uh, if you want. Um, <laughs> Can I roll an oratory check to try to impress our uh, captors with tales of uh, what Pelagius the Wise? <laughs> <laughs> sure. You can try. Yes, I will try very hard. And by that, I mean, I'll probably roll like shit. Uh, yeah, it's only a 19. Yeah, they're... I mean, you do a good job. You know that you do an objectively good job. Yes. But they're, they're not having it. Very nonplussed. Gotcha. Yeah. It's almost as if they don't want to listen to you. All right, so Leaf. I see it. But dunk. Guess they have to die. Yeah, if they don't want to listen to Riley Morheim, then there's only one alternative. <laughs> you didn't like my story? Yeah, we'll get fucked. The time for bedtime stories is over. And is now the time for eulogies. Yeah, it's dead time stories. <laughs> it's dead your time. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Leaf. We'll wind back to you. You've been led into the compound with your father, who's taking you toward what was once your home, the, uh, I want to say treehouse, but that gives like the wrong image. Um, <laughs> your house tree. Oak home. Oak home. Yeah, that's a good one. Redwood townhouse. Um, so your, um, Birch bungalow? Earth bungalow. You house. I'm sorry. So you are being led to your prior place of residence long ago, along with Box, who trails behind. And 
you kind of hear again, like you did earlier in the forest, like the surroundings themselves, the woods uh, whispering your name, welcoming you back. And you hear, uh, you hear a clamoring of something you don't quite understand, but you like in, in terms of directness, but you know it's meaning to be calling to box. And it's coming from the other side of your house. And he like stops in his tracks for a second and then begins to like make his way around uh, of his own accord. It's it's almost like the trees are true naming my boy. Maybe. Something along those lines. Uh, um, are you going to stop him or let him go? Uh, I, I think Leaf kind of like slows the pace and watches Box meander for a bit. And, you know, like like an angsty teenager, you know, trying to, to buck the, the leash of his parents. Um, and since he's, he's kind of been given this leash of, you know, behave and follow instructions, I, I think he's going to uh, make brief eye contact with his father and uh, maybe like say in Sylvan, you know, one moment and meander and follow box and let, let him lead the way for a bit if, you know, he's not immediately decapitated by a scythe or something. Let's, let me roll a few things right quick. So, your father, Haldel, he closes his eyes briefly and, like, gives a short, exhalant sigh. Uh, and, but then he nods. Uh, and he'll follow shortly behind you. Um, you you go and you walk over towards Box, who's walking around. Uh, heading back, you can tell, um, to the grove where you first encountered him, where he was essentially born. And you hear this calling coming from that big tree that has the little sort of like puddle in it with all the bugs. Right, the the little clear pool, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think he'll call out to the things that are speaking the box, and uh, <clears throat> just you know, um, we've returned, spirits. I I take it we've been missed. You hear a variant chorus surrounding you, but beyond that, you hear the actual waving of the leaves and creaking of bark. It seems like the spirits have stronger control here than they do out in the wider forest. The pops, cracks, and creaks almost seem to answer you. I'm sorry to see that you've suffered in our absence. I had hoped the caretakers we'd left behind uh, would have been more capable. And I I think he, he just continues meandering. So Box approaches the tree and he kind of just sits down in front of it uh, and you can hear him uh, as a Trent and as a tree uh, speaking with this other tree. Um, He's treating it kind of like his mother and in a simple way they're communicating. Uh, It's no great and important thing there's no like new information to be had or anything 
but the mother tree seems pleased that he's returned, confused as to uh, some of the new spirits within him. Uh, and he is, in effect, just telling the tale of what has happened and what he can remember. It has been a long time. Um, I mean, do, do, does it look like he's he's pretty well and distracted, like he might be at this for a bit? You can imagine. Uh, they don't speak quickly, that's for sure. So, um, you've been gone for what, like 21 years? At least. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so you imagine he's got a lot to tell. And uh, I, I think he'll he'll just let his hand graze the bark and uh, he'll just kind of whisper to the tree, you know, um, I understand it's been some time. I'll leave you two to your catching up and I'll return once my business is concluded. And he'll make to go, I guess. As you... As you have like your hand placed on the bark, several small bugs come up and sort of like, I don't have a great word for it, but they basically sort of like peck at your fingers, not in a painful way or anything, just sort of like... Like nip? Yeah, they're not biting or anything, but they're they're gathering around and like making their presence known in a pseudo-organized fashion. So I've, I've got the, the ability to like speak to pretty much every wilderness critter. I don't imagine I'm I'm get it, gathering any meaning from from these creatures that are gathering. They're they're probably too simple. I think just from your druidic practices, you understand that these insects who are incredibly simple on their own are sort of influenced by <laughs> the spirits of the tree. Oh, so it's it's more just like a welcome or like a handshake or something. In effect, you know, uh Walking into your grandma's house, she she just gives you a pat on the hand, calls you sugar, and hands you a plate of cookies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I I mean, he he has like the the mythic abilities and stuff that where he he like leaves vitality in his footsteps and all of that. And so I, I think he just rests his hand there for a second and. Uh, you know, the the equivalent of like squeezing a loved one's shoulders or something like that, because you you you're not maybe in a position to hug them. Uh, but he he lingers for for just a bit, and uh, I imagine may, maybe like the patch of moss or something is uh, brighter and more vibrant when he takes his hand away. Uh, but he, he acknowledges the gesture, and uh, continues on his way. So uh, go ahead and make me a perception check. Hi, Rolla. Hi, Rolla. 19. So I think you would notice that um, Helldale has himself taken notice of what just happened. You would gather that um, he probably doesn't understand um, the communication that's going on back and forth, but he definitely takes notice of like the vibrant handprint left behind and the the general increased vivaciousness of the area around you and you see something in his eyes that you can't really place it um but there's definitely a a spark or something in there uh if you would like you can make a sense motive that's a big oof 
Yeah, sorry. For for those at home, I have sequentially rolled a three, followed by a nat one on the dice. So we're off to a good start. You feel like he's angry at you. You're not really sure why. Um, you're not really sure why. Perhaps the best you could draw a conclusion to is maybe he thinks your like your druidic abilities were almost stolen. Perhaps um, perhaps he's bitter that it that you seem that talented despite having left uh without that ability. Uh but you're not really sure, but he seems angry with you. Well, if there's one thing that uh Leaf has shocked over the years, it's you know, the the quiet tension that you know, this place has tried to teach him. And so, you know, as as he gets shoulder to shoulder with his father and, you know, they they go back, you know, the the, the Google Maps equivalent of like rerouting to their original destination. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think uh, he'll he'll just kind of murmur to his father and saying um, a lot has happened since I've left my uh, relationship with the spirits has grown. I noticed. Now... Come, we should leave Box here, and it's important that you see your mother. Is she well? Come with me. And he'll just turn. He won't answer your question. Yeah, I, I think like he Leaf has been holding his breath at at the hesitation to answer him, and so he he picks up his pace and uh, follows. And so you enter your old home. No need to walk all the way back around. There's an entryway in the back. Um, heading upstairs, or up ramp, rather, uh, to a higher tier, to the bed chambers. You would soon thereafter catch sight of Thon, uh, sitting in the hallway looking rather exhausted and not the, uh, <clears throat> not the least bit undefeated. Uh, he'll, uh, at hearing footsteps, he'll look up and uh, kind of bring himself to his feet and be like, Leaf, I didn't think I'd see you here. We, we'd heard you'd been taken by the twins. Uh, I, I'd came fearing the worst, uh, but it seems things have changed. And I'm... Um, yes. For the worst, it seems. There are, there are ills going on, but... I suppose to some degree I'm family, so they'd rather it be me. Well, at least you do. And he, like, uh, he motions towards, uh, Helldale, who, like, kind of, your, your father's a very flat-faced person. It's hard to tell what he's thinking. But you definitely know there's a little furrow in his brow when he gets extremely frustrated. Um, and... He said, and uh, so Helda will speak like, she's still not accepting your aid. No, she doesn't want to see me. Uh, I've tried to get in close to her, but she summons vines or throws things at me. Uh, I, I, I think, it, would it be safe to assume that there's like a nearby doorway that would lead to her chambers? Yes. Okay, then I, I, I think he probably just... Uh, exits stage left at this point and, and goes to enter the room. Right. Haldale, like, 
you can feel him like tracing where you go uh, with his gaze, but uh, he doesn't stop you. He'll continue to speak with Thon. And as their conversation fades and you round the corner, you see a sizable um, hunk of rock kind of just hurtle across the room inaccurately toward you. And the room is just covered in vines and, and, and thorn and things. And you see your mother, who, not expecting you, obviously, had thrown a rock expecting to contact with Thon, uh, even though it was thrown rather weakly and uh, completely missed. She, uh, she, she gasps and, and uh, she calls out, Leaf! You've come back. And you notice all the vines and thorns recede from the room, uh, leaving a clear and open path to the bed. Yeah, uh, I, I think as as it opens up, he he's just kind of taking in the whole scene. And so he, even though there's a path available to him, he, he just hesitates for, you know, a, a moment or so longer than he otherwise should. And and then he, he just you know, quickly rushes over to the bed and, uh, as you're about to, uh, approach, um, there's a hand on your shoulder and it's Hildale and he will walk into the room with you. I mean, yeah, the, the hand on his shoulder, unless it's like, you know, grappling him or something, I, I don't think it's going to make him hesitate to like rush over. Right. If you do get, extremely close uh helldale will speak out uh calling your name uh with with no small level of authority in the voice and you can see that your mother is quite ill there are some dark spots crept across her skin as well as um she seems quite malnutritioned even not like the advanced stages of it but you can definitely see it starting uh large bags under her eyes and her skin is pale and a little bit sallow oh and like if you're getting too close he shouts out and it's just like shouldn't get too close and she's like reached out for you but like as helldale says that she kind of pulls her hands back and takes a large uh, vegetal leaf that is used as a blanket and kind of cloaks it around herself and and scoots away from you on the bed. Obviously, she reactively wanted to reach out to you, but realizes that there is danger in that and is now trying to put some some small distance. Oh, I am... Actually, super sad because I, I was I was hoping that uh, plants were immune to disease, and it does not look like they are. So no no wild shape based hugging. Uh, <laughs> um, so then I I guess he he'll just make to to sit on like the corner of the bed or something, as as close as he can safely manage. And, There's uh, a definite tension in every movement that is made in the room. You can tell that your mother wants you to be as close as possible, and Hildale doesn't seem to want to counteract that, but 
there is this constant tension of how close is too close. Um, that kind of wordlessly, your mother and father seem to be dancing around. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Then I, I, I guess, uh, hmm. Let, let me see if uh, I can, can I make like a heel check or something to, to get more information as to the, the nature of like this disease that's got everyone so jumpy. Sure. I guess that would just be like a heel check. Yes. Okay. Not 20 for a total of 28. Um, <laughs> looking at it, of course, from a distance, um, you can tell that whatever this disease is, it's definitely draining on the body. Um, the spots on the skin don't seem to be sores. So um, it's possible that it's spread by touch, but not by weeping sores. Um, it's possible that it's airborne, hence keeping one's distance. Um, but other than that, it doesn't really closely match anything you're familiar with. And from the explanations you've been given before, it seems to only be reactive to, um, divine magic, or at the very least, you know, druidic healing has not helped it. Um... Can I use a mythic point to cast Diagnose Disease? You can. Uh, then I would like to do so. Right. And uh, I'll, I'll link it in chat just uh, so we're clear. Okay. So you learn supernaturally um, some of the things about this disease. It does drain the body it doesn't seem to have a name that even the magic can call to mind. Uh, so this nameless disease, though, it drains not only one's physical well-being, but one's spiritual well-being as well. Uh, from a mechanical standpoint, it drains uh, three ability scores. Over time, it drains constitution, it drains wisdom, and it drains charisma. And, and you said that's drain... So the, the permanent kind? Uh, it, it's damage, technically. Um, sorry. it uh, It's just draining in general. But um, it is damage, but as with diseases, until you're cured of it, you can't heal that damage. So it's very debilitating on multiple levels. And your mother, there's definitely something a bit off with her. It doesn't seem like she's super far along physically. Like, she seems to be holding out some, but it took her a little too long to realize it was you at the door and not Thawne. She didn't immediately realize that it was dangerous for you to approach. You feel like this may be eating away at her mind faster than it is her body. I see. And, uh... I, it, the the spell and I, I I get this is like like a plot thing too, uh, but the spell says that if there are any exceptional or supernatural effects causing, I guess that's for second or nauseated. Um, but is, is there anything in the disease that specifically makes it resistant to druidic magic? Uh, it is only responsive to div to deific magic. Um, I should put it that way. And I, I don't imagine the fact that 
I'm backed by like the grandfather oak would make my magic, you know, in that lane of deific. You're not entirely sure. You can give it a shot. Then, then, <laughs> yeah. That uh, since we're on the subject of spending uh, mythic points like, you know, candy, um, that's what he's gonna do. Um, remove disease, I suppose. Okay. I, don't, I don't think there's like a higher level remove disease thing. Uh, heal, technically, but that's really high level. I don't think you can cast that. Uh, delayed disease. Okay, I hit her with another contagion. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're so going to make a caster yeah. level check. Yes. Okay, yep. So, caster level check. I'm just going to do a d20 with the modifier because I don't trust my ability to click buttons on my character sheet. Uh, mm. 17. All right. Can I can I surge that? You can surge that. Yes. Okay, so I'm just gonna drop that there, and it's it's a D six. Yes, currently. Okay, uh, so that should be a twenty one total. Twenty one total. You feel the um, the disease fight against uh, fight against your attempt to cure it very unnaturally, like. Generally speaking, outside of like an infestation, you don't feel that sort of fight back. And even so, it doesn't feel right. There's something wrong with it. You, But you feel like it overpowers your spell. And okay. Remains. Then, you know, I, I, I think uh, he's, he's maybe got a similar furrowing to the brow as uh, Helldale. And, uh, you know, he, he just kind of sighs into his hands for a second and says, um, perhaps my abilities are insufficient for what this disease requires. Something about it, it I, I suppose, supports your words that this is resistant to druidic magics, but we've a diverse talent amongst, uh, our, our group that that I brought with me. Uh, perhaps there's someone there that could help. And uh, says, uh, if I could arrange for an escort to have our healers brought here. Uh, Hildale would kind of, his, his eyes would squint just slightly, looking at you um, discerningly. Um, uh, what what kind of... Not to read your mind, but what kind of is going through your head? Like, what do you, for my sake? I, I just think that, like, he knows there are a bunch of xenophobic bastards, and he's got to tread really lightly when involving anybody that's basically not himself. Because, like, he, he, he doesn't particularly care about stepping on toes as Leaf Goldthrush, but for the sake of his companions, he's trying to cross his T's and dot, dot his I's. And so he's, he's just, you know... I, I, it's it sucked. He's, he's it basically what's going through his head is, you know, it's stupid and shitty that I have to ask for permission to help my own mother. Let me bring who she needs and uh, we'll try and get through this, is, is basically what's in his head. All right. So he'll nod and uh, he'll uh, kind of turn out of the room like he's going to leave and 
cast a glance back, but before leaving. So, I mean, I take that. Was was that him beckoning me to follow? No. Uh, more like he was... Going to go arrange that escort? A, a little... App, yeah, that, that's what you get the idea of. Uh, but more like he was a little apprehensive of just leaving the situation where it was. And he re- returns within a few minutes. You imagine he sent somebody to deal with it in general. I think during that time, uh, Leaf would like to approach Thon and, and I guess just ask him, saying, you know, uh, I, I was told that to, this disease was particularly uh, stubborn regarding druidic magics, but you've a relationship with a god. Uh, that should certainly circumvent some of the issues. Uh, what, what have you experienced? So you you leave the room to go back to talk to him because he's not in there. Right, right. I, I figure he's like out in the hallway or something. Uh, as you do, um, you hear your mother like kind of mumbling, almost whimpering as you leave. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, do, does she look like she's... She She looks very distraught. But she's not like choking or seizing or anything, right? No, not like that. It's it's in her head is is what you said. Her mind was going faster. That and you kind of figure uh, somewhere at least as a part of her that you know you've come in, you've kind of looked her over, and then you're just leaving. So like she doesn't know if you're coming back or not. She's not in the greatest state at the moment. Then I, I think uh, he he just. Does does that quiet, comforting? I'll I'll be right back, Mom. And uh, Mosey's on out. All right. So you go speak to Thon, and he um he asks the questions from before. He's just like, I haven't been able to really get close to her. Um, I think she's unhappy to see that I'm still alive, to say the least. So I haven't been able to try and heal her. I don't quite uh, relish the idea of wading through a valley of thorns to try. I want to see her healed, but I'm not sure it's necessarily something that I can risk. She's very powerful and she's throwing her power around like a child. Hmm. Let's see. She never loved me, but... I don't blame her for that, necessarily. After all, I am a bastard, not hers. Um, trying to think. Do we have anybody in the party capable of making potions? You, I think. Did I take that? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't make a potion, but I can make Thon look and sound like you. Uh, that was the other thing that was on my mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I actually have, uh... Craft potion, her brew potion. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You have um, wondrous items. Mm-hmm. Which, what? What if I made a wondrous item that was like a spell that you could drink? <laughs> <laughs> there are one-use magic items. You can do that. They're just more expensive than potions. Right. And so, what if I could do? Because, because I, I know you can do like cooperative crafting where it's like another character supplies the spell and then you know mm-hmm. you just kind of infuse it into the item um, mm-hmm. 
and and so I, I, I guess he's going to propose something along the lines of, of that. He says, well, uh, you know, I, I might be able to uh, maybe take some of the, the magic, the, the miracles that you're gifted and uh, help you infuse it into something we could give to mom. And then and that would be worth trying, I think. Have you uh, had an opportunity to treat any of the other afflicted? I'm not sure how widespread this is. Thankfully, not terribly, but they have a they have a collection of of people separated, quarantined. So, I suppose they wanted me to heal her first. Mm. I've not been here terribly long, and I've just been trying to get her to let me heal her. I, I can understand the danger given her condition. Yes, she seemed quite happy to see you. Yeah. It's sad that it's come to this. This place has always been sad. And uh, I, th- I think he, he just kind of throws an arm over his brother's shoulders and just kind of like sits, it sits with him until Heldale uh, returns. Okay. So Heldale will come back up the uh, the ramp and tell you they should be on their way shortly. I hope you understand that this will upset several people. If facilitating the help that our people need upsets someone, then I don't even know what to say. How, how can someone be so thick-headed to fight against something that's for their own good? It's, it's people like that is why I left. I think you can tell he's biting his tongue. Not literally, but um, figuratively, but very hard. There's a, there's a definite jaw clench and like he looks off from you. Um, but yeah... Not too long into, I guess, betting down, Lady Zilla would kind of wake everyone up and be like, they're gathering around us, like a lot of them. See, they do not care that Daid is sleeping in the dirt. They still want to be mean people. I think if if it's coming to a fight, we'll need to be ready. I don't want y'all sleeping in on this. Oh, I'm ready. Don't have any interest in fighting this alone. Riley will stand and say, I, I'm hoping that it won't come to that. I'd be rather surprised if they decided that now is the most appropriate time to start fighting us for some reason. And I think he's going to just try to see what's going on, you know, get someone's attention and be like, hey, you're moving around. What's up? So are you actually going outside or are you just kind of like peeking around and trying to get a a hold of what's up. Uh, I guess he'll like look, you know, look before he leaves. So he'll look to see like what they're doing. Are they like, is it like obvious that they're preparing to like siege us or are they gathering around for some other obvious reason? Uh, there's a large group of them gathered uh, nearby little camp. Uh, most of them are armed. Uh, and there seems to be some sort of argument going on between uh the two people nearest the middle. Uh, you can try and, uh, and and be nosy if you'd like with a perception check. 
Yeah. I'll roll to be nosy. Let's do it. <laughs> 27 to nose. So a 27 to nose picks up that... Um, not every word, but you, you gather the gist of the conversation. Um, that one side is arguing that... Um, this is, you know, this is a ridiculous um, idea. It, it's foolish. Why, why are we doing this? They shouldn't be in the enclave at all, let alone going within the the uh, the enclave proper. Uh, the other side is just like these are what we've been told to do by the quartermaster, and you do not have the authority to. Uh, to say otherwise. And so there's an authoritative battle going on, but you would see that eventually it does break down and uh, and the large group of people who aren't armed with bows, they, they seem to be armed with uh, silvery blades, uh, but they're not drawn, um, approaches the, the hut. So I think before they actually get there, probably in the middle of the argument, once Riley starts picking up what they're putting down, he's going to turn and to his companions say, they seem to be having an argument, the nature of which I'm not too certain, but I would like to make one request of the three of you. If at any point fighting does break out here, amongst between us and these people I am asking everyone not to take matters into lethality I feel that if a fight breaks out and we kill people here it will only make things worse in the long run I did not kill anybody that the black butterfly does not tell me to kill and so far she has not marked any of these assholes Riley will look at the other two just for affirmation. Void will nod and say, what's in my power? Lady Zilla will... <laughs> the As best you can tell, she shrugs and kind of looks off the other way. <laughs> I guess Riley will just take that. Then he'll assume everyone's on board and hope for the best. And then he'll wait for the inevitable. So the hut isn't like surrounded or anything there's a large group of elves uh of, of these other elves stood outside uh and the front elf speaks up and says you are being summoned please come out riley will take point i suppose we will come out shadow does not look any too happy about this I think as he's emerging, though, he, he will ask whoever is closest um, what the summoning's regarding or by whom. <laughs> regarding something of import, which is not any of my business, but you are being summoned by Helldale. You would know that Helldale is Leaf's father. Yes, yes. I think that did come up. So Riley will nod. And I think that satisfies his line of inquiry. Am I being summoned as a person or a priestess? From what I can tell, most likely as a priestess. Did somebody hand me my robe from inside? Uh, 
Void will hand it to you. And so you will be led to where Leaf is under very heavy guard. Um, and you get the feeling that these people are watching you very closely. They're making sure you're not doing magic. They're making sure you're not pulling blades. Uh, and they do not leave you at the door. They they go in with you and have you more or less paired with at least two of them at any given point in time. But yes, yeah, about 15 minutes or so later, Leaf, uh, your your friends will arrive under heavy guard. Uh, who all came, or was it everyone? It was everyone, all four of them. You've got Zilla, um, you've got Riley, you've got um, Shadow, and you've got Void. Did Dimble come with us? Oh, that's right, all five of you. I forgot yeah, about Dimble. I forgot about him too. <laughs> that's my bad. Yes, wow, you're just so short. I'm sorry. I completely overlooked you, little buddy. He, he was <laughs> sleepy. He doesn't talk when he's sleepy. Um, so yes, Dimble is there as well. Dimble is a sneaky bastard who's not technically disarmed because he still has his book. Cheeky git. Yeah, then I, I think Leaf steps out and, you know, he's definitely looking a little little stressed, a little harrowed. And uh, he, he says... Uh, Welcome to my childhood home. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I quite enjoy the welcoming party. I wish I was escorted more places like this. Uh, <laughs> so wait, your best friend is a tree and you also live in a tree. Uh, that's correct. In fact, uh, I believe Box is out in the backyard speaking with his um, mother, so to speak. And... My mother is the reason why I've uh, asked you to be summoned here. Um, she's not well. I, I think I'd mentioned uh, an illness going about the town, and uh, I've I've tried. I've exhausted the options that I have at my disposal. Uh, the disease appears to be resisting uh, to the druidic magics, or the grain tenders are of no use in resolving it and so uh, does anyone have any experience in diseases and the curing thereof I cured Ekrin but I did not do that uh, through normal means I used the mana and I do not think my mana would be good for your mother she is not me this yet though fair <laughs> he, like, he looks at like void expectantly <laughs> Unfortunately, my abilities are more related to death and undeath. Uh, Perhaps if it were some sort of in some way related to the negative energy plane, I could do some good, but... I hope not. Uh, then I, I suppose there's plan B and uh, he, he just kind of like looks at Don for a second and then he says uh, in addition to being sickly uh, our mother's or my, my mother's mind is unwell uh, I, I don't think she's quite as sharp as she used to be do we have any means of potentially disguising Thon 
Now that I can do. I've got two spells. One of them can make him look like anybody you want, and one of them can change his voice to match theirs. Well, I, she was uh, very adamant about writhing vines and hucking boulders until I had entered the room and uh, she had recognized me. And so... Uh, well, I can make him into you, basically. I, I think that might be our, our best option. If she has the ability to see magic, she will know that there is magic on him, though. So you must be ready to explain why you light up. I believe I can do that. Protections. And of course, if she is familiar with your magic, once it is cast, she will know something is up. But by then, it'll be done. But the problem is, if I try to cast the spell, these people are going to fill me full of arrows. Helldale will, uh, will motion to you and says you will be allowed to do so. Well, then I will do so whenever the man is ready. All right. Allow me to sort out my thoughts and clear my mind, and then I'll be ready. And he will uh, sit down, and you see he has a little wooden sort of medallion of a rabbit, um, like kind of leaping towards and eating a vine, which eventually wraps around and itself roots into the rabbit. And he's sort of muttering to himself as he he traces this with his thumb. Can I make a religion check on that? Yes, you can. Uh, 18. Um, you recognize it as a symbol of Galandra, a deity associated with population, life, um, is very equally, sort of equal opportunity life, um, people and monsters, animals, and what others might consider unnatural beings. Uh, she's very much all about, uh, life, existence, and population. Uh, It pleases her most when these things find a balance, but otherwise is... um, She's got, like, a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with her because they blame her for the existence of monsters uh, in the world, but they also owe their own existence in the world to her, at least as far as Galandrans believe. So there's, there's a give and take with it. But there's a lot of teaching about bad things not always being bad just because they're against you. My other question, when I cast these spells on him, I've got my uh, universal mana stockpiled. Can I use one universal mana with each spell to make it stronger and harder to detect? Um, One second. Because I was reading the mana sheet. I'll, I'll allow that. I'll make it um, increase the DC. By a little bit. Okay. Then I am going to, when it's time to cast these spells on him, I'm going to burn two universal mana. All right. Because I want him to be able to pull this off. Okay. So you cast the spells on him and he looks uh, and sounds exactly like Leaf. Yes. Uh, the DC for the uh, uh, physical illusion it will be well. It depends how much of a bonus you're given from that. I'm keeping that secret. Tell me your base TV. 
but it, it, it's, it'll be at 19 for the uh, voice one that's a lower level spell so it'll be at 16 okay so uh, hats if you would like to play Thon uh, for the moment you may <laughs> he's just you know like coaching him for a second he's like now repeat after me so Luna provides and then yeah I mean, he, he'll, he'll do uh He'll do everything you say, but he sounds like you. Yeah. Oh, it's like looking into a mirror. It's very uncanny. Yes, well, get on with it. You want to make sure you get her cooperation and get the spell cast before this stuff wears off. Then, yeah, you know, rubs the hands together and uh, let's get to business. So, Thawn, you, uh, you had back upstairs and see the woman who is not your mother and uh, she's uh, still sort of cuddled up in the sleeve and when you cu- come around the corner her her eyes sort of light up and she uh, scoots a little bit closer on the bed it's just like if you came back promise I would we're going to try something a little different this time to help treat you. All right. Now I'm, I'm going to walk up and uh, just ask you to hold still for a second. Okay. Thawn, you, uh, you begin to approach and she seems uh, adequate uh, or not adequate. She seems apt to let you approach. Uh. I, I, <laughs> I have no idea what sorts of spells that Thon has prepared, but he's going to use them. Uh, he, does, he does have cure disease. Um, uh, he has uh, a few cure diseases prepared. Uh, at this point, he's he's level five. Um, so I think he has three. So you step forward. Um, go ahead and roll me a d20 plus uh, 10. Oh, do, oh my god. I, I linked the whole spell. Does it actually give a bonus to like. Uh, it's, it's caster level. There's also a special bonus on this because of oh. the situation. Okay, that's that's fair. Uh, so plus 10. That's uh, 22. Fawn feels that same resistance that Leaf did. It seems that whatever this unnatural disease is, it's very ingrained and and very resistant to being cured but he has two more tries so go ahead again okay yeah. oh that was almost a 17 i mean it is a 17 but the dice was almost also a 17 he's got it prepared one more time okay big money big money oh my god that is also a seven on the dice boo all right, so um, uh, he has two level three spells. So we can go ahead and give him two more. I imagine <laughs> he will have prepared for this. So go ahead and roll again. Thank you for your graciousness. Oh, my God. 13. Yeah, one more. <laughs> I want you to roll another seven. Come on, another seven. It's, it's going to be real <laughs> low, whatever it is. Come on, you actually like beat your mom to death. 
What? <laughs> okay, so uh, let me let me just snip something real quick. Uh, so I tossed the dice, albeit a little too far. <laughs> it came up as a fifteen on the dice. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll take it. Right on um, Riley's face, the most <laughs> even gaming surface. I'm helping. <laughs> Right, so with this very last casting of um, of cure disease with which you get a 25 there is sort of a little pulse um, that you feel as there's this resistance fighting back and the purple spots on her body sort of just dissolve and she still looks malnutritioned and a little bit sick but you feel like that's just this the effects really but you feel like you have succeeded in curing this disease uh i mean does she still look somewhat adult as far as you know like her uh, you you would know that this hasn't cured her of you know any damages she's sustained but you feel like it shouldn't get any worse at the least and she should no longer be contagious Okay, then um, I, I think uh, it's it's one of those things where he probably suppresses a uh, like a, a cheer or something, you know, in, in seeing that the the symptoms recede before his eyes, and uh, says, um, "Hmm, uh, one moment." And I think probably he's he's gonna like retreat from the room if he's able. Okay. So as as you're uh, backing away, she like reaches out and grabs your hand, um, and then she like immediately lets go and gasps and starts to cast a spell. Oh. Uh, you feel like she has finally seen through the illusion after oh, no. a bunch of failed ass rolls. Um, oh no, uh, casting spells is bad. Um, I, I think Thon would probably retreat post haste. All right. So Thon runs out of the room a couple of seconds later, a rather extreme sound boils up from the room of cracking bark and twisted limbs and roaring wind the entire hallway begins to kick and kick and flutter with very strong winds and a whirling humanoid tornado steps out into the hallway and next time you all get to roll initiatives oh damn <laughs> fight my mom ah. fight your mom's summoned monster fight mom I'll punch your mom Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> That's not Thon's mom. Thon has free reign to punch. <laughs> Thon doesn't want to punch her. He doesn't like her, but he doesn't hate her. Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. 
When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder Homebrew Adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Good day. This is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler, Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Dustress Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to seeing that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy, and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning, and uh, I kind of had... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at Eldritch Dream, at Eterna P, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.